0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download the Zion Clear Lake app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown.
1: to the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. I'm Jennifer. I'm Kate. How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm missing, I'm
0: missing my husband, John Hopple, who usually is... Hi, John. Push- shout out. We miss shout you out. on the podcast. He's having a great time at seminary during retreat week right now. So I'm pushing the record and wearing the headphones, which is unsettling. Is it weird? It is. So I can hear everything is it really weird well. You look really in professional. Your Thank you. I'm wearing a blazer today. You
1: are. Is that okay? <laughs> so you're wearing a cardigan. I'm you're wearing a cardigan. A Room. I'm wearing a polo.
0: We do all look very professional today. Good lot,
1: for except us. for my shorts.
0: I don't look professional at all. <laughs> I
2: meant you look professional with the headphones and your dress. Oh, thank like you your outfit. Thank you. I look like, well, I do look better than yesterday when we were just cleaning the dock. I never got so, to oh, go
0: home and change before my meeting. How <laughs> so. was
1: you know, I mean you know, so first of all, we, for those listening, we did yeah. We cleaned up the dock yesterday, and uh, um, yeah, we did. You, <laughs> We're having a little bit of a mouse issue right now uh, in the church. Want to
0: tell the world that. Well, I <laughs> we mean, I, did. well, he I know. That.
1: And it's here's the thing: like we're we're dealing with it.
0: It's a huge building. It's a like an huge entire city, city block.
1: And uh, so then Derek last night at like nine thirty at night, all of a sudden he goes, "Are you kidding me?" And he takes a picture, and there's a mouse crawling up the wall. And I show it to my wife, and my wife goes, "Spider mouse." Spider mouse. <laughs>
0: spider mouse.
1: All right. So we skipped last week. We did last week in the park.
0: That's right. We and talked about the indwelling
1: of the, the indwelling Spirit. of the Holy well, Spirit. Let's let's do a recap of last week and then let's get into this week. Thirty so, second
0: recap,
1: go. Thirty second recap. So, well, first, so Jennifer, you did a great job three three weeks ago, mm-hmm. two week three weeks ago, and we talked about you talked about dwelling with the Lord, and then last two Sundays ago, we ended with the park of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us, and that God, Jesus came not just so that we could be saved, but so that we could have intimate relationship with God and that no longer would God need to dwell in a temple or in heaven Separate. but now the holy spirit dwells within us and Man, that's what allows a gift us to yeah amen well so okay I was thinking about it and um have there been times in your guys's life when you the you felt that presence of the Holy Spirit. or you knew that the Holy Spirit was more present. And not that he changes because he's still there, but mm-hmm. it's your awareness to it. Have there been times in your life where you're like, man, I just really I could I, I could sense. I got a sense that the Holy Spirit was in me, not just around me, but working in you.
0: Uh, almost any time I teach. It's like you I, I get off the you know this the podium or the stage or wherever it is that I'm teaching. And I go, man, I'm not even sure how all that came out of my mouth. Like, Holy Spirit, you are strong in my weakness. And I did not do that myself.
2: I I would agree. Teaching is the time when I feel like I can like that I know like this was not in my own strength. This was not of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also just times of worship. I think there have been really wonderful times of worship recently and just being able to like freely express that. But what's been really cool is I've worked on dwelling well with the Lord in my own life of just seeing him in the normalcy
1: and just knowing like... The mundane. He you know, resides in the mundane. I love
2: it. I love it. It's so encouraging. I don't yeah. need a mountaintop faith to know that my God is with me and for yeah. me. And that is that is so comforting. I said that weird. Comforting. My, my <laughs> you emphasize the wrong syllable. <laughs> my brain <laughs> glitch there. But it's so comforting to be like, he is... I, I don't know. I have him right now. He is with me right now. And, and I think, everything that comes up throughout my day-to-day, I do not know. We were talking about this earlier. I don't know what five years looks like. I don't even know what 12 hours looks like. I do not hold the day.
1: Well, so now here's a, and just you saying that made me think about it. No one goes through the day thinking they're going to die. Unless you're battling cancer or you know the time is, like, that's, that's the part of why that's so important is we don't know. And I think that's where the comfort of the Holy Spirit, but also the presence like God does know. And the fact that God dwells with us in the mundane means God likes boredom because we got to admit, like we're probably pretty boring to God. I mean, he's yeah. God. He created the universe. And, and yet we have such a we want God to entertain us. We want things to entertain. And I wonder how often God is like, I want to be present in the, the everyday things. I want to be present in the small things. And we miss that because we're waiting for the big thing. We're waiting for that mountaintop. We're waiting for the you know, as you were talking about preaching and teaching. So Sunday, and and hopefully no one saw this apart from me tripping on the stamina on Sunday. It. But that's not what I was gonna talk about. That, that was hilarious. So bad. I thought it was hilarious. And and my jumping up, I'm
0: okay. Yeah, that was funny. But the actual falling, I was yeah. like, oh no, what if you like blew out your knee or uh, something? Well, it could have been very dangerous. There. Yeah.
1: It was. And I and, and here's the thing. If you can't laugh at yourself, you can't laugh at anything. Amen. And so I, I thought true. it was funny and no one got hurt. I didn't get hurt anyways. Praise God. Um, but towards the end of the message, and this goes back to like, there have been times when I'm preaching where I feel so disconnected. And I don't mean like automatic. I have no sense of where I'm just like, this is horrible. Mm. Like no one's no one's hearing a thing. Every, this is bad. And then I hear people talking about, man, God really spoke through that. And that's one of my favorite parts about whether it be preaching or leading music and worship is usually the things that I think are the moments that God's really moving. Those are when I think when i move. Right, Look at what I did. That's right. It's the moments that I totally unexpected ah. where that's when God, God does what God does. Yeah, and, I was, and, go ahead.
2: I was just saying, I was, I, I was just talking about this idea of dwelling and indwelling and life is just so much richer when, we live in step with the spirit. Yeah, like it, like it's yeah. the it's the real life, you know. And we've talked about this on staff. It's not the scrolling through Facebook. It's not. I mean, it's just like all the things that I cut God out of. The real, truer thing is so much greater. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's such a fun conversation. So my daughter and I, um, we've been having conversations about the difference between facts and truth. Yeah. And in American culture, we're obsessed with facts because we think facts are truth. No, all truth has facts, but not all facts point to truth. And an example of this is I think about, okay, so someone, someone's someone been arrested for robbing a grocery store. Okay, that's a fact. They got arrested. But then all of a sudden you find out they haven't eaten in five days and they've got a young kid who's star, who hasn't eaten and out of desperation they, they stole something. Doesn't that change the facts? now all of a sudden there's something that makes that gives meaning to the facts that helps you see the truer picture the facts still remain but it's what you do with them and part of our problem is is we're so we've become so obsessed with facts that we don't we forget that truth is what helps us make sense of facts and that's where like the, the issue of the holy spirit jesus said that he was going to give us the holy spirit and the holy spirit would show us the truth not show us the facts and and i think that when, uh, when the Holy Spirit is indwelling in me, I see people differently. I don't just see the facts of, well, you know, a homeless person. Fact is they're homeless, but the Holy Spirit helps me see the truth about that person. Yeah. And that's in the mundane stuff. The Holy Spirit helps me see how mowing my lawn can be a, a beautiful moment to connect. The fact is mowing my lawn is boring, but yeah. what if God uses that? He brings truth to that moment. Does that make sense? And- yeah.
0: John and I had a conversation last night. He's gone and Um, Minneapolis and I was home by myself and we were not by myself with my son and I was a single mom for 10 years and he's gone at seminary and I was we were FaceTiming and we were talking about like how hard this season could be for us like oh I could really lean in and feel the trauma of like being a single mom again even though I'm married and have a wonderful godly husband but you're away like oh god why would you bring me through this and and see that as a discouragement but we were talking about like, how blessed are we that we get this kingdom mindset? And we're like, this three years is just a short season, Flip. which you mm-hmm. talked about in your message of like yeah. these seasons we go through. And if I wasn't aware of that kingdom mindset of dwelling well with the spirit and that the spirit is dwelling in us. And we were like, wow, what an exciting time for us, like that we get to do this. Yeah. And it, the, the fact is, is, my husband is gone. Ouch, that's hard. But the truth is that my husband's He's not gone,
1: he's away.
0: He's away. Sorry. My husband is no, away. Yes. Yeah, sure. Think
1: about how different that changes things. Right. Gone means he's gone. Away yeah. means he's not here, he's over there. Right. Yeah. And like
0: that, we are in such a time that one, I have FaceTiming. I still get to see his face. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, he is. Straight out of Star be, Trek. Right. Like what a blessing <laughs> that we're in the time and place that we are instead of not.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and so that's okay. So let's talk about, we're coming into this week and uh, we're starting our new series, Simple. And we're talking about uncomplicating the Christi- Christianity, uncomplicating the things of faith. And our first one was talking about simple faith. And um, you know, we joke about it at Sermon Read-Through. Every time we start a new sermon series, the first half of it is me introducing. And there's always a, felt like you felt, it felt like forever before you got to the point. And I'm like, get yeah, because I'm setting up the stage and yeah. setting up things. And and I, I, this, was, this was a fun Sermon Read-Through because, man, I when we were doing it, I'm like, man, no one's taking notes, man, they must really like it. And then we go through and it's like, you need to get rid of this and this <laughs> and this. And, and here's the thing for me. I actually like that mm. because... Yeah, I think there was one, one part in Sermon Read-Through where in my head I had, like, I thought I was being fun and, and creative. And you guys, yeah, totally distracted from it. Mm. And here I am, we're talking about simple. <laughs> I was overcomplicating a whole sermon series that's talking about simple. And this is why I think community is so important Wow, and why I, I think about Sermon Read-Through and the value you know, my, uh, Melissa Doren Camp, who goes to our church, is helping us through as we're looking for a worship director. And
0: by the way, Zion is hiring a new. But worship
1: yeah, by the meetings. way, if you know someone who's looking for a worship director position,
0: link in the bio. <laughs>
1: link Amen. in the I don't bio. Know that that's um, true. I
2: just like to say something. That cool sounded things. really professional. Thank you. That really, sounded like it, I knew what really social did. influencing was about. Amen. Way to go! Way to
1: go! Uh, so I remember Melissa. The first couple times she came, she's like, "I don't know what I have to bring. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not a theologian. I'm like, I don't think you get the point of sermon read through." And she didn't. And and I remember when we first started sermon read through all this staff we're like, why are I don't, we don't get it. Why are we here? And the whole yeah. point is, is that human nature is to complicate things, including me. And I love that here we go through and things that for me made perfect sense and having people going, I don't think you need that. And I think it makes the message better, but it also makes yeah. it simpler.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and now let's talk about this week. We're talking about simple faith and how complicated we can make faith. Yeah so let me okay here's the question what are things that you think sometimes complicate christianity for people
0: Hmm. i think for me i can speak for myself things that complicate my faith is definitely my own sinful nature my feelings how i feel about something dude we didn't even get into that i know and it's like i feel you know unrighteous or like or I feel like there's I have a righteous anger against something. It's like do you or is it your selfish nature that's coming in? Are you actually feeling shame yeah. and fear that the devil is lying to you but now it's like driving this religious spirit in you and that's what you're leaning into like that's what your faith is built upon. And
1: now you're justifying it and using justifying faith. And justifying it yeah. using
0: faith and it's like whoa By I've the way, gotten I'm, far from this. No,
1: I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> can see my, my eyes are like obviously I've done that Many times. <laughs>
2: really. Um, I think what complicates my faith is busyness. Mm, and yeah, and we both did the same,
1: time. At that same time. time. That was good.
2: And I think the other thing is our fears. Yeah, it's and weird. I think yeah. that those. I think that those make things difficult to see. Not the easy, but the simple. Like the simple yeah. hope, the simple truth, and it just it just clouds it all the time and you know the obvious answer to is all the things we have to do yeah right like that complicates faith too
0: the thing about fear that's crazy i think of fear and we fear the dark or fear the unknown and when we have these blank spaces of unknown what does our human brain do it fills it in with, with anything. anything like anything. literally the mm-hmm. kitchen sink gets thrown in there yeah. it's anything
1: <laughs> yeah i i think one of the things for me when i think about and has been a struggle for me, is my insecurity can complicate my faith. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: Um, and we didn't get into any of these in uh, no. the message, which is, this is really good. So I was thinking as you were talking about it, I'm like, okay, so what? when do I tend to complicate things? And when I was younger, and by younger, I mean like last week, <laughs> last year, <laughs> but, but really when I was in my 20s and 30s, and my teen years, I always felt like I had to have answers. Mm-hmm. And that if I didn't have answers to things, one, I was letting God down. Mm-hmm. Like that was a deep insecurity of mine. Like, oh my gosh, God's going to be disappointed in me if I don't have an answer for something. Um, but also there was an insecurity of, well, if I don't have answers, people are going to think I don't know. They're going to think I'm dumb. They're going to think I, I'm, you know, wishy-washy. And one of the things that I fought for years, and we, I actually talked about this this morning in some read-through. And I talked about it on the message. Is then I would confuse, and I thought my job was to convince people to Jesus, so I had to have answers for everything. Yeah. So when somebody had an objection, I had to have proof that their objection wasn't valid, and in the process, I ended up minimizing mm-hmm. their feelings mm-hmm. or their questions. And I think about our text for the morning, which was First so Peter good. chapter three, and he saw he tells us he's like, listen, you know, when when people are accusing you, and the backstory of First Peter three is. Christians are being falsely accused, and some of them are being rightly accused because some of them are not nice people. But Paul says, listen, when people accuse you of something, if you didn't do it, well, you don't have to worry about it. That's right. So you don't don't need to worry. Mm -hmm. But better yet, if you overly, if you work super hard to be kind and gentle and to be generous and to be somebody that does good in the world. When they accuse you of something, people are going to go, I don't believe that for a second. I've seen them. The problem is too many Christians are so busy wanting to be right or wanting their version of rightness that we're not actually being known for our love. We're being known for our opinions and our judgments and our thoughts about things. And so when Peter says, be ready in season and out of season to give a reason for your hope. And then he goes on to say that the hope, the reason he's talking about the hope that we're talking about is the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus died for our sins and that through the spirit, he became alive again.
2: And and, is still alive.
1: And is still alive. And, And here's what it made me go. All of And I realized this several years ago, but I don't have to be insecure around things of having all the answers. If the only thing I'm responsible for is giving my reason, not your reason why you should believe. Right. Not anybody else's. What's the reason I have hope? Come on, testify. And then trusting that the Lord's gonna work through that. And several years ago, I I started realizing that. And it changed everything for me. It's actually one of the things I love about the beauty of Lutheran Reformed theology is I don't save people. Yeah. No. The Holy Spirit does. And so sometimes my answers. When I answer questions, it sometimes gets in the way. And this, okay, I'm going to circle all the way back now. So my daughter and I have been having a conversation about the facts and truth. But the bigger thing is this. What if the real goal in life is not to have better answers, but to ask better questions?
2: Amen. I just had this like heartbroken moment as you were talking where it's like, wow, our responses, our objections, our arguments to defend our positions actually breaks down somebody's faith yeah in those moments there is a seed of faith that they are trying to grow yeah and when we respond like that we are shutting down that growth instead if we asked questions and let them to continue to To process yeah and to continue to build that how much different that would be and plus i always think if one person who doesn't know jesus knows one jesus follower who loves them Oh man, the world, I mean like that is a Yeah. God think, can do a
0: lot with that. I think if somebody came to you with big questions or even hard questions about faith, you know, like you said there's already a seed that they're trying to grow, that God is growing in them. And if you responded either in more questions or you know, okay, where do you put your hope? Be ready mm-hmm. with the hope. Mm-hmm. And I explained how I personally saw and put hope in the resurrection. How I've seen resurrection power in my own life. I was like, I don't know what could help you here, but here's what I've yes. gone through. Yeah. How much more powerful is that than if I took out like this book of apologetics? Right. Apologetics
1: this, means to defend your faith. Right. For those we who talked don't know about that.
0: Je- Melissa was like, I don't even know. Like that's such a that can be a stumbling block. Well, and people can't argue with <laughs> your own story, yeah. right? Well, like, so that's what's so interesting
2: about. The power of the testimony.
1: Yeah, I cannot argue somebody's experience. Right. I can't. That didn't happen. Who am I to say that? I think about Paul in Acts chapter 17. In Acts 17, Paul is going to this place called Mount Arpeggias, which is also known as Mars Hill. And Mars Hill was a place where all the philosophers and theologians and people who wanted to explore the gods, not Christianity, the gods, and they would go up on this hill and there were all these different idols representing different gods. And Paul goes up there to have conversation and it says some people say it's to debate but that's actually what they did. There is a place for debate. Like when somebody wants to debate it's not that debating is wrong, it's that we tend to debate when there's not a debate. Sure. We tend to want to fight for things when somebody's just there they're questioning they have questions. And sometimes people do have a question when someone says to me Jason how do I get saved? I'm not going to say, "Well, how do you think you get saved?" <laughs> right? You know like that's that's we're missing the point there. Sometimes an answer is needed. But usually it's, we're, we're not listening for the right time yeah. and we're trying to force things. So Paul goes out on Mark, Mount Arpeggios, right? And he goes up and I love this. He looks around and, and some scholars, I've read some work that says that a lot of these statues probably were nude and some of them were pornographic because sex in ancient Rome and, and the gods went hand in hand. So there was probably a lot of pornography type iconography, Paul goes up and he's discussing with these Roman philosophers and theologians who believed in many gods. And he looks and he sees an altar. And on the altar, it says to the unknown God. And he goes, hey, you see this altar one that says to the unknown God, I actually know who that unknown God is. Do you want to know who it is? And then he goes and he says, even your own poets are quoted as saying, we are his offspring. In him we live and move and have our being. And he goes, I can tell you who the unknown God is. It's Jesus. And Paul actually goes in. They, they already have questions, but he sees, he can discern in that moment that this is an opportunity, but he's not going to pick a fight. Right. He's not going to prove his point He's actually looking for a right moment. And that's where I think we have to be careful because some people are like, well, then I never should have an answer. No, we should have answers when somebody really has a question. But how often my friend comes in and and says, hey, I'm having a hard day. Well, I'm going to tell you all the things. And now instead of helping them in their faith, I've now hindered their faith to your point, Jennifer. Like, or somebody's wrestling through stuff. When we have, when we're going through difficult times, I can tell you, and I shared this when when my mother-in-law was dying of cancer. you know what not once crossed my mind man, the Trinity really helps me through this. Yeah. I didn't turn to my books on systematic theology and I and anybody who knows me, you go into my office and it's I have a, probably too many books according to some people. I loved learning. But in those times of difficulty, knowing about God's sovereignty, is not the same thing as experiencing God's goodness in that moment. And that's why I talked about the one thing if we simplify faith. I the not even my opinion, Paul says it. Mm-hmm. Everything comes down to this, the resurrection of Jesus because if Jesus wasn't resurrected, all of our other stuff doesn't matter.
0: Amen.
1: That simplifies faith completely because now I don't have to debate which is why Peter says What's your hope? The resurrection becomes the most simple answer. But I can't convince somebody of the resurrection. I can't force somebody. I can't debate somebody into it. I've tried. It's never worked.
0: (laughs) I like to think about, and we just hired um, a new kids coordinator, Caleb Pratt. And he's so funny. And he he says these really funny little quips. And he said something when we were talking about our leader meeting and that we had uh, last night and just getting ready for preparing for the season of fall of getting started And he was talking about, you know, people get really nervous about, well, I don't know how to explain faith to a child. It's more it's too complicated to explain to a child. And he looks them dead in the face and goes, if you can't explain, if you can't teach children faith, if you can't explain faith to a child, you have no business teaching an adult. And I was like, man, hard line, Caleb. And he goes on to explain that you're you're overcomplicating it then. Yeah. You know, if you can't have that that five point gospel, if you can't have that simple faith, if you can't stand up and be ready to explain where you put oh, your hope, mm-hmm. where your hope is at, how you have this hope. Then you probably shouldn't be explaining it to an adult either, because that means you probably don't understand it. And you're
1: gonna overcomplicate it. You're, gonna
0: over-complicate, you're it. gonna overcomplicate it for someone. You're gonna argue instead of testify.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and there's uh, the idea of witness, witnessing means to give witness, to give a testimony. It means you saw something.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: And and I wonder how many of us, the reason why we complicate so much of faith, and, and this is I talked about this in the message why is it that the only time we really focus on the resurrection is one Sunday a year? Now, don't get me wrong. I've talked about it. I'll say it from the stage. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and three-day resurrected, and I'll allude to it, but we don't focus on it. It's just a passing comment. And yet one day a year, we have Easter celebration. And according to Paul, the resurrection is everything. Without the resurrection, nothing else matters. So we should be emphasizing.
0: Every day we should say he is risen indeed. That's right. Like why is
1: it that once a year I can say he is risen.
0: He's risen indeed. Right?
1: And and when in reality the resurrection is the hope of everything because without it everything else doesn't matter. If Jesus didn't rise from the grave it doesn't matter my opinions about creation versus evolution. It doesn't matter what I think about politics or how how does God save. None of that really matters. Alright so here's Here's the last question. This is going to be a shorter podcast today, it, and that's uh, okay. It's a good one. So here's here's the other question I'd have. When you think about what carries you through, how does your hope in the resurrection, how does it give you a different perspective about life? Because mm-hmm. isn't that really what this is about? Is when when stuff hits the fan, when life is hard, how how is the resurrection supposed to help us carry through?
0: Mm, I jokingly said that my truck that I just recently purchased after, three, after five days of owning it, she died. And then three days later was resurrected and I'm like, Daisy's got resurrection power. And now
1: power she, train, resurrection she power train.
0: Yeah. Now she drives around with a confidence. Um,
1: Oh geez.
0: I'm just kidding. But I, that's not funny, but it is. Um, I,
1: is that Chevy 31 <laughs>
0: This podcast is brought to you by Chevrolet.
1: <laughs> Silverado for <laughs> you. Yeah,
0: I mean. um, so that resurrection power, that kind of like hope that I I have confidence in, when I feel like my what gets in the way of my faith is shame or my feelings, fear, when I can walk in that resurrection, that hope that I have, that I am a new creation, that Jesus is alive and that there's nothing that I can do to mess that up or change that ever, yeah. that ever God I- is the constant that God, when I feel far from God, it's because I am moving and I always have a choice to move back and that I can choose, uh, Jesus and walk in that faith and confidence that I continuously have that grace. That even on myself, I don't give enough, you know, and it's, that's the confidence that I have of like, I am a human being and because of Jesus, I am, I am new, I'm resurrected and I can't wait till he comes again. I have confidence that when he comes again, he'll, I'll know my shepherd and he knows me.
1: Yeah.
2: I think for me, it's just that there's a lot of suffering in this life and there's a lot of heartache. There's a lot of brokenness and that will remain.
1: It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. So Jesus returns. It's not going anywhere.
2: And I don't have any promises that things will work out on the side of heaven. Yeah. But the resurrection means that I do have a hope that it will work out, that all things will be made right or as they should be. be That things will be, yeah, restored and new and and better and like that our eyes will be open and we will see things for how they really were always supposed to be. And it will be good. Like that's. You know, because I think it's like I have a hope that tomorrow could be better today than today. Yeah, It's a living
1: hope, according to Peter. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But that isn't even where I put my hope in. Like I put my hope in that someday because of Jesus's resurrection, because he was able to conquer death and and be new and continue to reign alive and well today, that. Things are like I have. I have a
1: beautiful future in yeah, in the Lord. That's good. I th- I think some of the struggle is the idea of a resurrection is tough. Yeah, like it was back then. There w- why did this disciples go into the upper room hiding? Because they're in no world did they picture Jesus right. dying and coming back from the from the dead. They didn't yeah. see that. And it, so, if it was hard for them to believe, and then they witnessed it, how much harder for us? I okay. actually love that even in in Matthew. It says that some fell away Mm -hmm. even after seeing the resurrected Mm -hmm. Jesus. Some chose not to believe, which means I I, and this is part of the reason why in the message I I chose not to walk through all the evidences, all the things. And and those are good things. There's we talk about right now media. There's some great videos focusing on the the evidence for the resurrection. Yeah. But that's the faith component. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to take that step of faith and going, you know what? resurrection is the truer story for me this is okay so if you think about nihilism nihilism is that things just don't matter everything everything dies who cares there's no point it's nihilistic right that is not a that's not worth living for yeah the resurrection gives me hope and purpose yeah humanism doesn't when i look at the world As much as we keep on thinking that humanity is getting better, we're certainly not as corrupt as we were in the past, but there are pockets of the world. Maybe the Western world is that way, but we're still failing miserably. Yeah. And that's I don't I don't have faith in humanity. I don't think humanity is eventually going to rise to the point. I mean, I watch shows like the Orville or Star Trek Next Generation. I like I love that kind of stuff. But it's all science fiction in the future. Miraculously, humanity rises above everything mm-hmm. and and everything. They they don't even need God anymore. I was watching an episode. They Transcend. Of, yeah, they transcend. And I, I, the Orville, they actually talk about you don't need religion anymore because we realized humanity was its own hope. And I'm like, how's that working out for us so far? <laughs>
2: And I don't want to place my hope there. No. And
1: the, and the resurrection, this is why truth, there's facts and truth. All truth contains facts, but not all facts point us to the truth. And and I think about it. The truth of the resurrection makes the world make sense to me. That's why I believe. I don't believe because someone showed me a tomb with no body. Right. Now, that's why the first century Jews believed. They went and there was no body. And there, there lies the first problem, right? Well, show me, show me that there's no show me there's no body for Jesus. Well, that's a dumb statement. How can I show you something that doesn't exist? That's why I look at the first century church, and the reason why they believed is they saw the resurrected Jesus. Yeah. I didn't, they didn't have to have faith. If I see it, faith is no longer required. I have to have faith. And so for me, the reason why I put my faith in the resurrection and, and the reason why. The one thing that's I've never struggled with, I struggle with all kinds of other questions around faith. Once I put my faith in the resurrection and the truth of the resurrection, the hope of the resurrection, I've really, I've not struggled with that. Now, some people do, and that's okay. I understand why you do. I think part of that was the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not like I intellectualized it. I think that's the gift of the Holy Spirit in my life. But you know what I do struggle with? I struggle with faith that Jesus is going to save me. I do. I struggle with whether, what if this whole God thing isn't real? Now, here's the irony. I believe in the resurrection. And yet when moments of doubt come for me, what I struggle with are things like, well, is this Christian thing real? -hmm. And then I come back to, but wait a second. I do believe in the resurrection. I believe something happened on that Sunday morning. Something happened that changed the world. And the evidence of it, we can't deny the evidence of it because the church exists and shouldn't exist. I I look at Christians who are making differences in the world because of the hope of the resurrection. Our medical system has been changed because of the hope of the resurrection. Our educational system was changed because of the hope of the resurrection. Slavery was abolished. Because of the hope of the resurrection. Now, secular humanists, atheists, don't want to admit that. But if you look at history, the greatest change agents in history have been people who put their faith and hope in Jesus and the resurrection, and and that's the part I can't deny that. I, I those are not they're they're facts, but I cannot deny the truth that the resurrection has changed something, and that's where I put my hope. All right. That's well, this different. was a shorter podcast, so okay. So, la- closing thoughts, and then we're going to end it. Any last thoughts, ladies? This I was a good ha- one. I
2: don't have any. I mean, it's a it's a complicated thing to understand and believe, but it's simple to put our like to put our hope
1: yeah. in there. It's, it's a simple idea that's incredibly complicated. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think any time that we start to overcomplicate our faith, it's really a blessing that the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to simplify it again. Go go back. Go Go back. back. Yeah. Wait. To what you know? Where to your, what, you know wh- what's, what's happening? True. I'm going off rails. Okay, let's go back to the resurrection.
1: And when we tell people well, you got to believe X, Y, Z before you're saved, no, you have to believe in Jesus. And what are you believing about Jesus that he died for your sins and rose again on the third day? That's what you believe. That's Amen. what it means to be saved. And then we complicate it with everything else. That's and right. Don't get me wrong. It is complicated. It is. And there's good complications, but those aren't what save us. That's not where our hope is. My hope is not in the theology of the Trinity. My hope is not in the theology, even the idea of God's word being inspired. That's not what saves me. That's, right. that's that's not what gives me hope. What gives me hope you know is the resurrection of Jesus.
0: Translations. Yeah. <laughs> that causes doubt.
1: <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We hope you have an amazing day. This has been the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. Jennifer.
0: I'm Kate.
1: Have an awesome day.
0: Goodbye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion Clear Lake app. Share this podcast with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of the Breakthrough Breakdown.